I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Possible, always with the brother with the same mother, Aaron Potts, Super Hot Potts, and you're watching and listening to your favorite two black runners every single two black two. I love doing live shows. The audience out here giving us applause, but Joshua, tell them who we join with too. Bro, Come this on. is a really special podcast that we're doing out here, Run Hub Northwest in Eugene, Oregon, during the USA Championships right now. They're literally happening right behind us. There's a screen and everything. But like, this is a really exciting time to be here, and we have exciting guests. We're joined with a 2021 Olympian, a five-time All-American at yes. Georgetown. This woman ran a 31.09 10K, a 4.02 5K, and a 14.52 5K. Nasty. She's a beast. She's a beast. Rachel Schneider Smith is joining us on the podcast, on the conversation. Then also we have Billy Shaveco as well with us. <laughs> That's, That's it. <laughs> End it there. Y'all so know Billy the Sebeko, toad. The toad is joining with us. You guys seen him. Some of you guys are wearing his merch in the crowd right now. Sixteen thousand followers on Instagram. I don't know how much you got on YouTube, but he knows all the people. Everybody are joining us on the podcast. Let's give it up for our distinguished guest next to us. So, like, starting off real quick, Billy, how does it feel to be back out here at USA's doing your thing? Like, when I think of content creators, I feel like you're really, like, an OG in the game, bro. Like, I look at, I look up to you, bro. I was asking you about your website and everything. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so I, I started way back. I, I never ran in high school, um, which is kind of crazy, football, basketball, and baseball. Um, and then my senior year, I was getting a D in gym class, and I needed to uh, uh, get an A because I had straight A's besides gym. And um, what the, the gym teacher told me was that they have a pacer test or a beep test. And she said, everyone you get over 100, I'll give you a bonus point. The school record was only 108. Wow. So I could only get eight bonus points if I got over 100. I ran 168 because I didn't like her. <laughs> <laughs> so I got bonus points. I ended up getting an A. And then my track coach was like, hey, there's one month left in your senior year. Come run track. And that's how I got into track. What? Ended up making the Penn State team through a lot of crazy. I had to walk on because I didn't run in high school, didn't have yeah. any times. Went on to run at Syracuse, and then um, when I graduated, Syracuse is a big communication school, so I went on to work at Fox Sports, and then Flow Sports, which is Mile Split and Flow Track. And then I was lucky that when I started, I was doing some content with the people that are literally the legends now. Like, I think that was the best high school two years ever. When I'm talking that, I'm talking who we have. We had Drew Hunter, Sydney McLaughlin, Cooper Tier, Cole Hawker, Spon Mondo Duplantis, um, Tara Davis, Hunter Woodall. Those were the kids that I got to cover back when wow. I was, was so starting. That so, was like 2017. 20, yes, 2016, 2017. Those two, two and a half years. Yeah. yeah. That's when like, I started. Well, that's not when I started getting into the sport, but that was that was I was a junior, sophomore in high school at that time. At yeah. that time. So before we get get you going, because we got more we got more Sorry. with Rachel, and we have other people <laughs> going. But you were that we were killing it. But I want to know from Rachel. I know your journey wasn't like it was unorthodox. wasn't unor as unorthodox as this man. This dude was a D, then one sixty eight, and everything like that. That's crazy. But I want to know from both of you. I want to know Rachel. When did you start running? And then when did you become a fan of the sport? And like, can you? Can you uh, detail on a moment where you're all like, dang, I really love running. I love track and field and the sport of it. And after she's done, I want you to give your moment like that, Billy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I started running in junior high school 
and had a lot of fun with it. My high school team was really casual. I was probably like one of three people that actually ran at practice, um, but uh, did well enough in New Hampshire to get recruited by a handful of schools and went to Georgetown, which is definitely where I fell in love with it to the point where after my time in college running was done, I, uh, I didn't end on an awesome note. So I was not recruited to be a professional and actually worked at the Georgetown local running store just to uh, help make ends meet um, until I ended up getting signed and was able to run professionally full time. But kind of wow. like college years was when I really, really fell in love with it and decided to uh, pursue it after after college. That's crazy. What So like that love is what really made you take that leap of faith and continue afterwards in college and like we were saying earlier one year with with hoka now and being an olympian what's it like thinking back to that moment yeah it's crazy i if you had told me back then that i'd make the olympics i don't know if i would have believed you it was more just i was in love with the sport of running and i wanted to see how good i could be and i knew i had a lot of potential left but uh i really didn't start like dreaming of making teams until a year or so after and and that was uh yeah it's been a fun journey it's been a fun journey and it's really exciting to celebrate my one year anniversary with hoka um a year ago i think this week we uh signed the contract and the next day made the olympic team and dang that's <laughs> it was, crazy it's a good good year for billy too like um for you did you start falling in love with the sport after like when you started covering those kids and everything did that really like inspire you and light another fire under you well, I like, I think what you guys said was, you know, sometimes there's, sometimes the track and field community is, when I was in it, it was a bunch of older people doing the interviews and there was no spark or fire. And over the last five years with, with New Gen, with you guys, with, um, you know, so many YouTube, all the YouTube creation, all the social media creation, I think it's given a good young spark to things. So I think that's, like you said, that's kind of when I started to, like that was Mr. Tear, Cooper Tear's dad yeah. just came because he's like, I was one of the first videos I ever did was with his son. Wow. And now he, that was when he, 2016, and now yeah. he's who he is. And he's like, I had to, I knew you were in Eugene, I had to come say hello. You know, his son runs for, for Nike. <laughs> but no. Putin didn't want to come to Oka then, but he's like, I need a shirt. So we got him one. So like, that was kind of cool. But I also think the thing about track and field that I fell in love with was, it's kind of, you know, it's up to yourself. It's a different sport where I didn't, I didn't, like I said, run in high school really. So the coach was like, hey, you need to run like a 152. I was running a 202. And I'm like, all right, I can do that. And, uh, you know, there was no politics. Savage. The clock doesn't lie. So yep. I worked my way down through hard work, through just kind of figuring out what worked for me, what didn't, different things to do. And there's no, there's no politics. It's kind of what's in here, what you can put into it, you get back from it normally. And with other sports, there's a lot of different things, like defense, offense. This is just you, your feet, and the clock. So and I think that's what kind of told me it was, a, it was a different thing, and I liked it. And you can apply that to so many different things. Before we have you go, Billy, I just want to know, too, because you got Hoka, like your, your logo, the toad, is on like a Hoka singlet. Rachel's wearing it, too. Just your relationship with Hoka and being able to do so many amazing things with this such amazing brand that's really inclusive for everybody. Like, how did that really come to be? And just how does it feel to be still with Hoka? Yeah, so I, I you know, I'm not just going to say this because it is that's what I'm wearing right now. But honestly, when I worked at Flow Track and Mile Split, when I told you that job, um, I ended up, I, I graduated Penn State, Syracuse. I used to race some of these Texas guys. I just messaged a couple of them and was like, hey guys, you know anyone who just graduated that's looking for a roommate? I'd like to have like a runner because that community is important. It's, it's amazing. You know, it doesn't matter how good or bad you are. We all just went on runs with an Olympian. Yeah. You know, like, and crazy. we all had fun. So like, that's the cool thing. I'm like, I want to live with some runners. And they're like, yeah, you can live with uh, these two, are two grad students. 
So I started running with them when they weren't at practice. And then Leo Manzano came one day, who was kind of the face of hope. He was the first big guy they yeah. got. Yeah. I made 10 U.S. championships in a row. Like, he's a, he's a beast. And uh, he was like, hey, man, can you come to my workouts? Uh, I'm like, you run 10 or 12 seconds faster than me in the mile. I'm like, I don't think I can hang. He's like, I just need someone to hold me accountable. You got good energy. And, and I'm like, I get hurt a lot. I can't do all these miles. He gave me a pair of the Clifton 2s. Like, these are a very weird looking shoe back then. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you should try these, I'll get you these. So he got me a bunch of Hoka shoes and I hadn't been hurt. I know I just said I was hurt, but I hadn't <laughs> been hurt in years since I wore the Clifton's. Yeah. So I was, I've been in love since, what was that? Like I said, 2016 with the, with the Hoka Clifton's all the way up to the eight, what I'm wearing right now on my foot. So I think that's kind of how it was a real love. It wasn't like, hey, sign this contract and we'll give you this stuff to do this stuff for us. It was kind of like, I was gonna do it no matter what, cause I loved Hoka and now that we're doing this they decided to take it up to the next level so it was just Damn. really cool yeah He's yeah. Like, cool. yeah this dude a real day one bro no, for real day one day one for that, that, it's that real love <laughs> there's also just great people love. at hoka as well you know from yeah. from working there i can say that too but we really appreciate you billy and we're gonna have to do a, a pod exclusive with you okay. because for like sure, you, yeah. you, you got a you got a crazy story but sure. we want to talk to rachel a little bit more about reaching goals and then uh we're going to bring up the high schooler too, man. Yeah, so you should throw me off because I'm not as cool as guys. We had a festival of miles. Oh, was it two weeks ago now or something? Um, it was a big Hoka-sponsored event in St. Louis. And uh, there were not one, but two high schoolers broke four in the mile, which one is was insane. Yeah, one was a junior. The last time a junior did that, the second one ever, it was uh, Jim Ryan, yeah, the one, one of the most only. famous runners the ever. Goat. So he's here right now. His name's Connor Burns. He ran 358.83 two weeks ago. We're going to call him up and let him take my seat. Let's take a quick break in the podcast for our next stop, Oregon segment. This is where we have dedicated time leading up to the World Championships to really talk about the things that are happening at World Championships Oregon. Two weeks ago, we were at the USA Championships and we got to talk about some people securing their spot, specifically Aaliyah Armstrong and Avi Hummer Nero, who you're gonna hear just in a second, whose next stop are Eugene this summer. They compete at NCAAs as college athletes at LSU and NAU. And now Avi Hummer Nero will be competing in the 5,000 and Aaliyah Armstrong will be competing in the Bro, I'm just qualified for Worlds in the 5K, man. I'm thinking back to two at Sound Running when you ran that 13.03. And y'all ran pretty fast today. Were you, you ran a 13.10? Were you around there? 13.08. How much do you feel like that experience with all of those pros there kind of prepared you for USA's today? Yeah, it was huge, man. That experience over there gave me a bunch of confidence. Like, um, I, right after that race, I was like, man, like 13.06, I, I, I can compete. I can compete with um, with um, everyone at the USA's um, championship, so it definitely gave me a big confidence, and I'm glad I did that race, and I'm glad it went well because yeah, it's definitely helped me um, be able to run a pace like this today and finish like that. Aaliyah Armstrong just took third. I'm gonna claim you for the 909 though for Eastwell stand up. I'm gonna claim that real quick. Over this year, yeah, what have you really learned about about yourself from recovering from that false start, going to NCAA's, and now now you're making it to that world championship level? Um, I've, I've learned that I can uplift people and I'm stronger than I think. You know, um, going into this meet, I knew I had to change my mindset because NCAAs, I had high expectations, but at this meet, I really didn't have any because I was just a college athlete coming into the pro life. So nobody expected anything, so I knew I had to step it up to show people who Aaliyah Armstrong is, so I did that. 
guys can listen or watch those full interviews on our YouTube channel, The Brennan Report. A playlist will be linked down in the description on the podcast and YouTube. And we just got to remind you, next up, Oregon World Championships 2022. The World Championships are going to be in Eugene, Oregon from July 15th through the 24th. You want to go get your tickets. Tickets prices are up, so you want to still go out there, get your seat if you still haven't already. But we're just informing you more. July 15th through the 20th. July 15th through the 24th. Get your tickets now at worldchampsoregon2022.com and be a part of history. The first time ever, the best 2,000 athletes will be on U.S. soil for the World Championships. You're going to want to be there. We'll be there. We want to see you there. Let's do it. 358, 8-3. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Connor, join us on the podcast. And I was, let's just get into, let's just dive deep right into it, honestly, because I think it's really crazy what Connor you have done this year as a junior. Like I think it's fair to say this is a breakout season. Like no matter what you're running before this, like this is a breakout season. The run 358-83 is is incredible. Like people, normal people do not do that. And last year for you, Rachel, it's I think it's fair to say last year was a breakout season for Olympian. what you did the olympics what you ran at that sound running track meet in that 5k that really like put you like in the conversation in contention in the contention with that 1452 was like a breakout season and that's kind of like the theme that we want to have for our conversation with you guys because i feel like a lot of people there's people here that may be looking for that breakout season maybe that season is not directly in running for say but it may be in school it may be in a job but waiting and being patient for that breakthrough to kind of come your way in a way. Is that, is that kind of what, what I'm talking about, Aaron? Am I on the right That's track? That's definitely, man. This man is going going deep with it. But let's start off with you, uh, Rachel, too. And then then we'll have the young, the young buck, too. But did something change mentally that year that took you to that to that next level? Or what went to getting that breakthrough? And, and was there a time before that you thought about, you know, giving up? Yeah, I well, I love what Josh just said about like waiting and being patient because honestly, for a while, I'd probably been in shape to break the 15 minute barrier in the 5K. And whether it was lack of opportunity or not capitalizing on it, um, I just hadn't in the previous years. And then we hit COVID and I like didn't race for almost a year. But uh, all through that time, you know, like consistent training, working on those little things and like believing that like, hey, if it's not this year, the next year, like. I'm ready for a breakthrough and um, I put in the work and um, really focusing on the mental side of things, like you just said, was huge, huge, huge for me last year, especially going into the Olympic trials of really not focusing on outcome, but just focusing on process. And same thing in that 5K when we ran 14.52, um, we weren't we weren't focused on time. We were just focused on like competing and seeing how many people we could beat and uh, bringing it home strong. and. Honestly, when I crossed the finish line, I had no idea what time we ran until uh, the results came up on the board. But it's uh, I like what you said, Josh, about waiting and being patient and putting in consistent work and uh, really focusing on your mindset and mentality around training and racing. Do you feel like you had like a similar experience when it came to that four-minute barrier? Yeah, for sure. I mean, in terms of like breakout season, it's like what Rachel said, like consistency. Um, for me, it kind of worked out because I didn't really have to be patient. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know junior and everything but my progression has been really every year has kind of been a breakout year for me you know eighth grade I think I ran like 450 um, which I was on a huge PR then freshman year I ran 436 and then last year I ran 410 so I'm just getting like so much better each That's year I'm a like huge jump I know and then 358 now um so it's just like 
I'm just seeing these huge jumps every year. So maybe for someone, um, it's a little more rewarding, I guess, when you can see those huge jumps. But yeah, just like consistent training, being patient with it. Um, yeah, just believe me, you can do it and putting in the work. And with, with all those like breakthrough times or breakthrough sessions, like even just hitting the 410, was your next step like breaking four this year? That was next step? Yeah, well, in my mind it was. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not even, I don't even think my dad believed me. I said, Dad, next year I want to break four minutes in the mile. Um, after I ran 410, he's like, well, let's just look at like 405, 404 <laughs> yeah. first. And I was like, no, Dad, I want to break four. Um, and so got in indoors and I ran like 402 indoors. So I was like, oh. Okay, he, he might actually do it. So, um, yeah, it was it was cool to see that happen and um, see the training pay off. I guess. Can I ask uh, how did you celebrate? Ooh, well, I wanted to celebrate with friends, but we had um, another race a couple days later, so I had to stow it a little bit. But all right, coming up, gotta celebrate still. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, but oh man, it's getting it's getting real right now. Definitely. With everything that's happening in the world. Well, the world's never. Yeah, it's yeah, right. it's getting real. It's getting real right now. I think I don't think there's nothing we can really do. This is just the moment. We gotta take this in. Cause what what's just happening? I yeah, I don't know. If there's nothing we really could do. We just do right. Oh dang, that's really happening. Well, that just shows how. Hey, we with you. We with you. We with you. Hey, we live, man. You, you. Hey, there's a lot of that's people. Just, I didn't no, know. Yeah, I saw this. I saw this when we were uh, driving up over oh, here. They over there? Yeah, they were over there. Yeah, but that's what that's what happens when. when yeah, that's what. Yeah, bro. I I kind of have a I have a question uh, off of that. Most definitely. And just seeing like the overturning of like Roe v. Wade and everything. And there's like, I, I know we're runners and everything. And like we get away from, we get away from the noise like a lot of the times, but sometimes some things are too loud and you feel like you feel trapped in a way. And wh wherever that may, you may, may lean, that happens to so many people, wherever, whatever that is, like things will affect you. And you like, you feel like you may not want to run in some type of those ways, but some things are like bigger than that. For Rachel, just at times, how do you try and like keep on running and staying motivated when like there's things happening throughout throughout the country or through your family that seem bigger than just running four miles on the day or getting through a workout or, or something like that? Yeah, I mean, they are way bigger than running. It's uh, it's something that I hope everyone is paying attention to and trying to be part of the action. And that's something I like really care about, especially moving forward. Um, when the Roe v. Wade stuff leaked, I was actually in Washington, D.C., and uh, it was awesome. I was able to run down to the Supreme Court and take part in the protest, the first protest right outside, and get to be just, like, in that crowd. And to witness that and to, like, get to be a part of it was, um, it was awesome. I was, yeah, really sad to, really heartbroken today waking up to the news that it's overturned but just witnessing what we did uh, the interruption in the podcast and seeing this huge protest in Eugene is really inspiring and I think uh, there's always a way to get involved no matter how small it might seem it does make a difference yeah and I wonder like world championships are happening happening right now and it just seems like when the Olympics was Olympics was happening there was a lot of going on in our country and it in now it's like, what are we going to see? Or I'm not saying USA's. What are we going to see at USA's this weekend? Are we going to see some type of protest from people? Or like, what is, you know? Because 
yeah, it's just kind of like the state we've been in for the past couple of couple of couple of years, and sometimes it's easy to become just numb to like things just happening all the time. So I don't really know the know the words. Like I don't really have words, you know. Yeah, it's it's, def it's definitely really big, and yeah, it just like make you not want to do what you want to do. And I feel like not directly like comparison to that, but kind of in the podcast too, like with COVID and how COVID didn't makes you feel the same type of way at a time when you're like locked away in your house and everything. And that's when Connor, like you were having like your breakthroughs and everything. How are you been able to stay motivated through times when like it didn't when things were definitely bigger than running? Yeah, so for the COVID season, after everything was canceled, um, obviously uh, super bummed and everything. But what I did was um, I got together, like I texted some friends from around the state um, from Instagram or whatever, like from Missouri. And we, uh, we, got to set, we got together and we were like, okay, well, since we can't have a season, let's try and do like a mile time trial at the end of the season. Um, so I, was, I trained like in preparation for that. And that's really what motivated me throughout that year is to, you know, run fast this time trial. And it ended up so only like a couple of people went. Um, but you know, I still ran, you know, a huge PR. So I was pretty happy with that. And just, you know, having some, having a goal in mind to train for, I help, helps a lot, I think. Yeah. Especially like back then when you were, you were a sophomore at that time? Freshman. Oh, you were a freshman. So you like basically lost that freshman season. Yeah. Is that when you set your PR during that time trial? Yeah. Damn. That's awesome. I really feel like it's the importance of that community though, Rachel, that that community can go such a long way. If it's even, if it's that neighbor next door or just instagram or dms that community that you can have in running can get you through such hard times that things that are find out you feel are way bigger than running yeah absolutely josh talking about community that's it's the best part of the sport it's the best things beyond the sport is the relationships you make and the strength that you draw from other people and realizing you know when when things way bigger outside the sport are going on to like draw strength in the power of numbers and and standing up with each other and for each other and and finding ways to draw draw from your community and to help your community i think is is so important and the sport can be a great platform for that but it goes far beyond the sports so I think, like you're saying, community is, is a huge part of running, but using the community and using the platform of running to make a difference in things that are undeniably more important than the sport is huge. And Connor, for you, like you were saying, you've been out here since uh, Brooks PR. So you've been around a lot of those top high schoolers making friends. Do you feel like you're starting to establish that community with all those other runners? Yeah, no, it's super cool. I'm talking to all the top guys and uh, getting to know them on a more personal level and I'm a Snapchat, whatever, and talking to them, having just you know experiences together with them. It's it's awesome to have fun with them. So, did you feel like, did you, have you became like a, a nerd of the sport yet, Connor? Like oh, yeah. in a way, like did you <laughs> feel like meeting some of them, like kind of like nervous, anything like, man, I seen you like on Flow Track or Mile Split or NBC or something, like watching you all the time. Anyway, I don't know about like nervous or anything, but it's like it's cool to like meet them and say hi or whatever, because um, kind of goes both ways a little bit, I guess, but. Yeah, about meeting any any of the pros from like USA's or something this past weekend, was there anyone that you're excited to meet? Oh yeah, th yeah, that was that was definitely pretty cool meeting um, a lot of the guys who ran the 15. Um, either I saw a few today, and then I saw a few at Nike, so I was pretty cool to see the people I look up to. Yeah, and Rachel, yeah, um, I think I was about to ask you right before that happened, but you ran at you ran at juniors. 
um, what advice would you have uh, for Connor going into it? Were you running that? Was that your freshman year, though? Or was that your senior year? That was oh. my um, freshman year of college that summer. Um, Jordan Hesse and I made it in the 1500 at Junior Worlds. And oh, that was... Oh, that was such a fun event. It was my first international competition. And talking about community, it was just such a fun way of getting to know a bunch of athletes from around the country, intermingling with some from around the world. And uh, you end up racing them for years slash decades to come. <laughs> so uh, it was, yeah, doing that Junior Worlds um, back in, I think that was 2010, was uh, such a positive experience. I. Yeah, really fond memories of that trip, and it kind of it did really ignite a spark of wanting to compete at the international level and and with the best in the world. So wait, where'd you go? Uh, it was in Moncton, Canada. So okay. yeah, not too far. Not, not too, too far. It's not <laughs> Columbia. It's not Columbia. No, that he's gonna and, like I grew up in Maine, so it was honestly it was like six hours from my house. So <laughs> my whole family drove there, so it wasn't like you know somewhere too too exciting, but. It, the experience is very exciting yeah that feeling of being like yo this is important like this is like yeah. a championship meet and that's what i really liked about uh the nsaf meet too i feel like it's setting up like it's setting up um the youth to be professionals and showing that there is a way there do you feel like that yeah i the nike or the nsaf meet was it was a super fun experience you know was get to get to go just go out there and race and not worry about like the time and stuff uh, it was all super fun yeah, and you're getting out. You're getting to race tomorrow. Um, only one, only one heat of the 1500. What is it? Is it top two or is it top three that makes top it? Top two. Top two, and I think you're one of the top seeds for sure. How are you feeling going into it? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, uh, pretty confident. Feel like definitely looking to make it. Um, see how the race plays out, but pretty, pretty excited for tomorrow. What, what, are, what do you feel like is going to take to win the race? I don't know. I mean. If it's time or a move that you need to make, do you feel like there's anything specific that you need to do? Or it's just like, yeah, I'm Connor Burns. I'm going to do my <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? No, I mean, just go out there and have fun and race. You know, maybe maybe somebody takes the pace. Maybe not. Uh, maybe it's like a super fast last lap. Who knows? But just got to be ready for anything going in that final. I just, I'll be honest, when I, I just like to take people in the deep end, to be honest. That's just me, though. I just take them in the deep end. <laughs> just be all like, let's, hey, I'm going to take you all the way in. But, yeah, that's definitely exciting to get that chance. The race, like the national competition and on that level, it's, there's nothing really definitely like it as well. Yeah, but that's all I really, that's all I really had. <clears throat> or did you want to you want to keep on no i'm good i'm good i think yeah. that was really think great was really for great. you guys joining us and i think a, perf a perfect interruption for everything that happened today with uh, the protest as well and everywhere which way that we go but i think it's time to bring in our closer our mariano rivera of the uh of the podcast billy Srebeko, to really close out everything for you guys in this interview as well all right guys so we're back I gave you a bunch of your history, and uh, it's really cool to, we had a nice intermission there. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, so a lot of stuff I like to do is the fun part of track and field, and you know, like everyone wants to know how fast you are, but they get to see that on TV or how far you jump, but sometimes they don't know everything about you guys as humans off the track, right? So um, I guess we could do a little speed round here on the spot, and we're gonna ask you guys both one, you guys, so one, we'll, we'll switch each one. Okay. So you'll be the first, you'll ask the first time, second time you gotta answer the first time. So uh, so here we go, guys. Speed round. Yeet, 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 yeet. We got, we got, we got, we got. What is your favorite cereal? These heroes are my favorite thing in the world, mm. so mm. this is important to me. 
I'm an oatmeal guy. I don't really eat cereal. Oatmeal. Yeah. You put you put like strawberries and all kind of stuff in there or no? Yeah, I like to mix up. You sometimes you know cinnamon, strawberries, fruit, whatever. Cinnamon, strawberries, fruit. Okay, okay. Cereal. Lucky Charms. Yes, yes. <laughs> Are you the person that just eats out all of the oh, mellows? I, was. I definitely was. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you saved the marshmallows for last. Yeah. And so good. <laughs> what I did one time was I picked out all the marshmallows, and that was the only bowl of. I had a bowl of marshmallows. I mean, they actually make just the marshmallows <laughs> now. now. So Not like, I, yeah. you don't even have to do the hard work. <laughs> or eat awesome. the healthy part. Awesome. So, pre-race meal. You know that's important. Night before you go to bed. What is your go-to pre-race meal? Salmon, rice, and a vegetable. Boom. Top of that sounds head. good. I just you get me, saw me eating earlier. I had uh, noodles and company. Noodles and company. Penne rosa from there. What's your order there? Uh, penne rosa, no spinach, parmesan chicken, parmesan cheese. These they broke. Don't fix it right there. That's yep. perfect. That's perfect. All right, so you're, you know, you got to get in the zone. What's the one? What's your go-to song or go-to playlist you're gonna pop on there? Ooh, I'm actually, I'm not a huge music guy. I actually started okay. listening to music for the first time in the before the 800 at NSAF. Okay, what gets so. you in the zone then? Just kind of being with yourself. Uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, mostly just kind of focusing mentally, just kind of go through everything. Everyone does something different. It's interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. I have a playlist I made back from college that is like pretty old school at this point, but it's good at getting me like in the zone if I need to get hyped. Yeah. But uh, at the Olympic trials when it was like too much hyped, I, uh, I watched videos of my two-year-old nephew that like just made me laugh and totally like... Yeah, centered me. Brought you down somewhere else. Yeah, that's somewhere in between that. That's awesome. So going off the music, what is your go-to karaoke song? You have to sing right now. No, we're not gonna make you do that. But if you had to sing right now, what would it be? I would clear out this whole crowd if I sang right now. This would be this would be bad. I like cannot sing for. I, no, I I love singing. Actually, everyone asks like, what's your dream job? And yeah. I'm like. Running is my second dream job. My first dream job would be a singer, but that just was not in my cards. So yeah, unfortunately, you know, took second best. Second best dream job <laughs> is running. So what was that song though? What would you pick? You know, Everyone's got one. Come on. Uh, Even if you don't ever want to sing it, you got one in your mind. It comes on when you're in the shower. You're like, yes. Oh, there's so many. I, I don't know. I don't know. Come back to me, Connor. <laughs> I, I couldn't even pick one. I'm, I'm, I'm Rockstar Nickelback. Oh yeah, let's, yeah. All right, start singing it. We want to hear it. I'm through with standing. I can't sing. I know the you words. Got, I memorize it. it. I, I normally walk around and pump up all the people. No, it. no, no. I'm not singing. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. When you were growing up, you know, you're still growing up. But who was that one runner you looked up to? Someone that maybe really changed the game for you when you were young. God, that's a there's there's a handful that yeah stand out. And like honestly, they're still such amazing runners. But. I, I grew up really looking up to uh, Jenny Simpson, Shalane Flanagan, Kara Goucher, Sarah Hall, and those, they're legends, legends in the sport and still amazing yeah. advocates in the sport. When was that first time you actually got to like things change, when they became your hero, and they still are, to like, wait a minute, it's kind of my competition now. What was that moment for you? Oh man, I actually remember my coach specifically talking to me about that, because yeah. uh, I had looked up to Jenny Simpson, we were both <laughs> 1500 runners, and you know, she's had done so many things. I was like getting on start lines with her at this yeah. point and I was like totally fangirling and my coach is like no 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 like you got to view her as like a peer and I like remember being like wait what like are you kidding me and so that that took some that took a little bit of time but yeah yeah eventually so you're still who are who is the you know who is some of the guys you looked up to guys or girls and did you already total line with one of them or you know when's the first time you bumped shoulders or warmed up in the same warm up facility as them before a race <laughs> um so trying to think uh, I don't think I've warmed up with them really 
Um, Colt Hawker gave me a little fist bump, and I talked to him for a second after. Uh, Still hasn't washed that hand. Still hasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's definitely like, just a handful of guys that I've always you know kind of looked at. Cooper, Cole, Grant Fisher, Jakob, like kind of always looking up to some guys. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. Um, let's see what else we got here. What is your favorite thing? And we'll ask just like five more. I don't want to take too much more time. But what is your favorite thing you've done in Eugene so far? And you've been here a million times. So what is what's one of your favorite things to do while you're here? Uh, pancake, uh, the, the pancake house. What was it? The old, the original pancake house. The original pancake house. Yeah. If you guys haven't been there, or if you have, I walked in there yesterday and we saw, I think, every single person that was on the line the name the next day. Like <laughs> it was insane. Chris Weiser. As soon as we walked in, you had Jessica Ramsey, Olympian. Yeah, it was insane. Um, Johnny Gregoric. Uh, well, everyone. It was cool. That was a cool spot. Yeah. What'd you, what would you order? I had the, I don't know what it's called. Like it was like banana pancakes. Yeah. Uh, six of them. But we went with Craig and he didn't even order pancakes at the original pancake house so I don't know if I trust that guy but um, what about you uh, along with the food I'd go with the voodoo donuts that's like a very Oregon classic you can only get that here yeah yeah all right back to some quicker ones uh, favorite movie oh, man, that's hard. <laughs> I hate these questions I know yeah we'll ask three more after this and we'll wrap it up oh favorite movie um pay it forward is the first one that comes to mind very sentimental okay okay Wolf of Wall Street oh my oh, god yeah. <laughs> um, let's see if you could meet one person living or dead who would it be and why if you want to keep it short pre I mean it's hard cl it's classic easy answer but yeah it's dude's an inspiration awesome he would be very cool um, I would maybe go with Barack Obama just with everything Sweet. going on right now Sweet. yeah be interesting to talk to him yeah, that would be cool. Some people say people that are alive, some people don't. One most interesting answer I ever got on that was like, someone said, Jesus. <laughs> it's like, imagine living there, if all that stuff, you know, all the miracles and stuff. He's like, could you imagine sitting there when they didn't even have TVs and this guy's like making fish and bread and all making wine out of water? Like, that would be insane. So that was, that was a crazy answer I heard. That was one of my favorite. Um, okay, we'll go two more here. You guys get to ask me one question. I was How's just going to say, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like, want you to answer yeah, all go these ahead. too. All right, favorite movie. Favorite movie? I love baseball. That was my favorite thing to do in high, in, uh, high school growing up. I actually went to college mm -hmm. to play baseball first. Um, and then I transferred to Penn State, and then that's when I ran, like I was saying earlier. But um, to Sandlot. Oh, and I so honestly good. don't that's trust so someone. Good. I don't yeah. trust people who haven't seen it. Like, if I see someone, oh, what is that? I'm like, you're killing me, someone. And they're like, what is that? I'm like, <laughs> what? So one of my first, uh, if you guys like running, right, Casey Klinger, Patrick uh, Parker, and McKay's John, they were called the Three-Headed Dragon. They're from American Fork. Those guys all, they were kind of like, right before everyone was breaking four, these guys were the legends. I don't think Casey Klinger might, no, he didn't break it. They all ran 402, 403, and 404, and they were insane. And then there were, uh, uh, Casey Klinger's brother, I think, ran a 415. So that at the time, they're not Newberry Park, but at the time, that was legendary. And uh, we went and did a little documentary with them when I worked at Flow Sports. and. Um, the Sandlot takes place in Utah. So it's like, it was like 15 minutes from American Fork. I went to Vincent's Drugstore, it's still there. If you guys have seen the Sandlot, we went to the field. I knocked on Small's house, like the door, it's still there. And the lady's like, I know what you're doing. I'm like, sorry, I gotta do it. Is, that, but, is the big dog still yeah, there? No, unfortunately, Hercules probably passed away. But uh, they actually do have a big, a big uh, pig that's bigger than this table, and his name's Kevin Bacon. And they've cooled down. American Fork cools down right past them all the time. It's, it's funny. So yeah, that would be my favorite movie. I do like Shawshank Redemption. If we're looking for a more cinematic, crazy story, that's an amazing one. But yeah. 
Yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. All right, you could ask me All one, right, and then we question? can wrap it up. Yeah. All right, most memorable college race. Oof. I would say this is this is kind of funny. Most memorable ones, like I said, I had to walk on the team. So, kind of where the toad, toad kind of happened, uh, started. Good question. Is my dad used to call me that growing up, and there's a deeper reason for that, but we won't bore you with that. And he actually had cancer, and uh, he would always be like, "Let's go, Toad. You got this, Toad." And I had to. They told me I needed to run the 800 to be on the Penn State team. But if you know, back then you had um, 800 University. 800 yeah. U. We had Kaz Loxum, <laughs> Brendan Kidder, Isaiah Harris, Zayvon Watkins, Robbie Kreese. These guys were all. We had six guys under sub 150. So they were like, "Bill, I ran. I ran like I said. I had to run 152. Ran 152, 153 three times." They said, "That's not good enough." you need to run an 8k and I go that's another zero like what the heck so they like yeah he's like sorry man you can't be on the team unless you can be competitive on our cross team and I'm like I didn't even run in high school I'm trying to do all this stuff so uh like I said my dad was sick I actually went and printed on just a regular sh shirt uh frog or toad a toad that I picked off the internet so it was, no, it was probably copyright issues but I grabbed that put on a shirt and I entered Penn State's home cross country race they didn't run their top three guys so it's not, it's not as cool as it sounds but out of 200 guys, I finished fourth overall in my second 8K ever, and I beat everyone on the Penn State team, and I was wearing that Toad singlet. So Gondak came up to me and was like, all right, Toad, you did it, or something. And it was like, then they all started calling me that. So I guess that wasn't a, a Penn State race, but I was in college, so that was my favorite, most memorable race because that was when I kind of saw something that I said, the clock don't lie. I worked hard for it, and it was, it was truly amazing kind of. So that, that's, the, that's it right there. Um, but yeah, so that's it. I don't want to keep you guys too much longer, but uh, I hope you had fun with some speed rounds. We got to call up the real legends of the podcast because it's theirs back up here, the Potts Brothers. And thank you guys. Yeah. Yo.